While his father hovered on the brink of death, the Welsh poet Dylan Thomas wrote one of the most famous poems of the 20th century. He called it, Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night. The title is also the first line of the poem. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at the close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. The poem, that's only the first of seven stanzas, is not primarily about death itself, but a reflection about how we prepare ourselves to face our last mortal act when we pass away. The theme of death also lurks beneath the surface of this Sunday's readings from Ecclesiastes and Luke. Beneath the text hides a line from Psalm 48, In his riches, man lacks wisdom. Millionaires and billionaires can enjoy the life of the rich and famous, but you can't take it with you into eternity. Who do you leave it to? Stories of families fighting over the disposition of a will make for good human interest stories in the National Enquirer. Did my 85-year-old grandpa really mean to leave his entire fortune to a 25-year-old cocktail waitress? Or is something fishy going on here? Ecclesiastes is less focused on death as a human fact than on the meaning of a life well-lived. And for the author of that book, a good life is one that is lived in covenant faithfulness. Any other kind of life, one lived apart from God, is vanity and a chasing after wind. Luke shares this belief though filtered through his own evangelical concerns, how does greed and avarice pervert life in a community? Luke gives us a case in point. Two brothers feuding over a will. Teacher, tell my brother to give me my share of the inheritance. There are two odd things about this request. First, he calls Jesus teacher, rabbi. Whenever someone addresses Jesus as teacher, it's usually an indication that that person has not one single clue about the real identity of the Lord Jesus Christ. The second thing is that the way the request is expressed, or more to the point, the way it is not expressed. He does not say, Rabbi, my brother and I are quarreling over our inheritance. Will you help us arbitrate the dispute? Instead, he wants Christ to get enmeshed in a family quarrel. And quite uncharacteristically, the Lord simply ignores the request. Why? Is there a hint of avarice in the air? The parable tells us that there is. The story is not a frontal attack on greed, but an indirect look at the spiritual reality that lies behind it. Someone may be wealthy, but life does not consist in the ownership of things. So much for retirement plans, yachts, a second home on the French Riviera, and that are the pride of the rich and the envy of the poor, because in the end, all the property we accumulate gets left behind to somebody else. In the 1840s, the French anarchist Pierre-Joseph Proudhon proclaimed that property was theft. When the Bolsheviks came to power in the Russian Revolution, 
Lenin used this slogan to justify the confiscation of all private property in the new Soviet Union. Proudhon's claim that property was theft led directly to the theft of property by the state. To some degree, all modern governments are kleptocracies anyway. Is Jesus condemning ownership of property and goods? Only a reckless homilist would use the gospel to portray the Lord Jesus as a first-century paleo-Marxist rabble-rouser issuing condemnations of the bourgeois capitalist elite on behalf of the downtrodden proletariat. Christ is not for poor and against rich, neither does he condemn possessions and riches. The parable is suggesting something far more subtle and for that reason far more disturbing to the ears of those living in a consumerist culture who are tempted to say, we have so many good things stored up for years to come. Let's eat, drink, and be merry. Jesus ends the parable with a gut punch that we are meant to feel. You fool. This night, your life will be demanded of you. Who will own all the stuff you've been accumulating. There is a danger in relying on something other than God for our happiness and security. This is called idolatry in the Bible. In the Gulag Archipelago, Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote, what may be the gospel's judgment on a consumerist culture as a vanity of vanities, a chasing after vanities. Thus it is, he said, that we always pay dearly for chasing after what is cheap.